Three down, four to go, gang. Welcome to the Football Ramble. England stroll on, but it's the end of the road for Scotland. It's Wednesday, 23rd of June. I'm Marcus Speller. I'm Jim Campbell. And I'm Luke Moore. My first uh, opportunity for an easy. Oh. Is it your first of the tournament? My second, actually. Your second as well, Marcus. Oh, it's, it's always good to, as as Raheem Sterling testified in, against Croatia, it's good to get your first one. Yeah. And it's also lovely to get the second one. Yeah, I, um, I've done a Welsh one. Yes. Of course, which wasn't quite yeah. the same because I was worried about the pronunciation. So <laughs> this one is a lot more free and easy. Oh, yeah. Free and easy. There you are, you see. Yeah. It's sad for Scotland, of course. Yeah. Commiserations. We'll come on to them, though, won't we? We will come on to them. They'll get their time. Yeah. Indeed, yeah. England, top of the group, with a with an interesting display. Because it's tournament football, guys. It's tournament football. Everyone's saying that. I don't know if you've noticed, Jim, it's tournament football, mm. all right? Which means no entertainment. <laughs> no. <laughs> you understand? It's interesting. The, 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 the chat coming from England is that it was, it, was a, it was a more positive atmosphere at Wembley. Yeah. Which is good. It seemed like it was. Yeah, England, of course, will be back there for the second round. That is a huge game. We'll talk about that in a minute. But what did you make of the display, Jim? Are you sort of happy? Are you sort of content? Are you a bit disappointed? Because there's all these emotions going on with some England fans. If I may quote one of the great football minds, it was second half good. Sorry, first half good, second half not so good, effectively, wasn't it? It was mm. very much... Who's that, Marcus? It's, yeah, Marcus? quoting Sven, though. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was... It was <sighs> I mean, the first half, there were a lot of positives to take from that. I think obviously Jack Grealish and Bakayo Saka were both fantastic mm-hmm. and you want to see more of them and obviously you hope that when Grealish has been subbed off, it's because the intention is to use him a bit more later as well. Um, but it, the second half makes me a little bit concerned about England's ability to go through the gears. I think we're all thinking that perhaps they're holding back a little bit Then you know, they're going to save the real, you know, barnstorming stuff for when it's needed. But we don't know that it's that it's in the locker. Do you know what I mean? I feel like mm. if you if you're playing against France, Portugal, or Germany, whoever comes next, or Hungary, or Hungary, you have a bit of respect. Right? For Hungary. Yeah, no one's given them any respect. No, this is true. I'd love I'd love us to play them and smash them. <laughs> um, but I, I I think you're going to need more more than one goal, and England look like they might struggle to provide that. Really, you look furious with me. I think England could have scored more goals last night. They wanted. Personally, I, I don't understand the negativity. I genuinely think it's baffling. Mm. Like, I think that uh, even I'll, Pete wasn't negative. Well, quite. He had a lot. He sent us a message. He says, "Guys, I've had a drink." Yeah, and but, that, you like, know. that made me reassess. <laughs> so I was thinking, "My God, yeah, even Pete's feeling positive." Um, I, um, I, I don't think for a second. And I, I think the most, the most insightful thing anyone said in that broadcast last night mm-hmm. was our friend Pugach, who said, um, "If other teams were doing this, mm-hmm. you'd be going oh." They're just going about their business. They haven't conceded yeah. a goal. They're yeah. doing this, they're doing we that. We have seen some of those other teams win tournaments, though. Fine, but we can't be objective about it, obviously, because it's because it's England. It's harder for us to do so, if not impossible. Mm-hmm. But you're fine. They're not banging in the goals all over the place. Look at the games they've had to play. Right, They've played Croatia, who we've seen, and we're going to come on to, are capable. They're a capable side. They go away from home mm. in a crunch, clutch game, and they just ruthlessly take the game away from Scotland. We had a derby game against Scotland, which we got dragged into the trenches with. Mm-hmm. 
And we've had this game against Czech Republic, who beat Scotland, who look okay. And, and Southgate said himself, I know it suits him to say this, but I actually agree with him. Mm-hmm. Their, their FIFA ranking is a red herring. They're mm-hmm. not as bad right, as yeah. they look. They're a good team. They've got good players. And we've seen how... You don't need to take his word for it. Look how mm-hmm. good Suchet's been this season in the Premier League. Look how good mm-hmm. Sufal's been. Patrick Schick's at the, <clears> set the tournament on fire. And we've not conceded a goal. And there is definitely definitely more to come from England you, you certainly hope so I mean people a lot of people were saying oh because well, England you know not that long ago you know they beat uh, Czech Republic 5-0 at Wembley but more recently Czech Republic beat England in the group but for whatever that's worth um, but I mean England I know what you mean I think that people want what is happening with the Italian side at yeah. the moment and I understand that 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 is that is what you want but Southgate has clearly um, trying to uh, take his lead from, say, Deschamps and France, which is why it is absolutely crucial that France don't finish second in well, Group F today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, and, that's, and, and, and that's the thing. And I, I said that going into this tournament, England's best chance is just to go for it. It's just to trade with teams and hope you score more goals. And I said that because I don't think, or I didn't think, that England were capable of the level of control they've shown so far in this tournament. So has your opinion changed slightly? It has, but I, with the caveat that I don't know if they, they've got enough control. <clears throat> mm-hmm. and I don't know if they can maintain or improve even their control against a better team. But the point being, that I don't know why people can't sit. The two things that are absolutely baffling me about England in this tournament and the coverage of it. One is, people seem to think we can play 15 players. Mm. Why aren't you playing him? Why aren't you playing him? Why aren't you playing him? There's definitely well, I that. I can't fucking play all of them, mm. you know. And secondly, <laughs> why we're so negative about a team who, if you actually watch the matches, mm. right... Maybe people are just down the pub with their mates and they've got half an hour on the game or whatever. Well, they, you know, fair enough, they just got a different opinion to me, which is absolutely fair, obviously. Um, they're, they're trying to do things like show that they can control situations. If you go back to, even if you go back to 2018, mm-hmm. it was a bit of a roller coaster. Yeah. England weren't in control of anything yeah. and they weren't in control in 2016, obviously, and they haven't been in control. I don't think they've been in control of themselves in a football tournament since I've been watching football, mm. right? Even go all the way back to World Cup 90 or, or Euro 96. They're not in control of it. Mm. They're capable of moments. Mm. And, what they're trying to do here, and you can see it if, if you don't, if you if you care enough, go back and watch the game from last night. Watch what the fullbacks are doing. Mm-hmm. What's Carl Walker known for in his club career? He's up and down mm-hmm. all day. His pace is ridiculous. He can hurt teams. He plays a role in that Man City team. The amount of times he had the ball last night, looked up the wing, looked inside, and just played the simple square ball mm-hmm. because he, I think he's been coached. I know Gary Neville disagreed. Fair enough. He probably knows more than me. But it looked to me like they've been coached to say, we are going to control the game for a period of time. And then as you said, Marcus, before we came in, and I'm sure you can expand on it, they go on raids. Yeah. They go for the next 10 minutes, we're going to, we're going to execute the press yeah. and then we're going to go on raids yeah. and, and, and Maguire is going to be given the opportunity to go forward. Stones is going to go forward. We're going to play long balls from Pickford. Mm. We're going to pick out little runners. Mm. They, they seem mm. pretty well in control of things for the most part. And that's the key. Czech Republic still had opportunities. Yep. It's not perfect. It never will be perfect. But I would be overall very, very positive about this group so far. But... The caveat is that it's still relatively untested against what I would consider to be a genuinely good team. This is it, isn't it? I mean, yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. I think England have set the agenda very, very well in the, in the group. Generally, a bit different against Scotland, but as you've already touched on, that was, you know, that, that, that was dragged into the trenches in a slightly different situation. But this is it, isn't it? It's like, can you set an agenda against France? You know, th- they are probably more likely to be the ones, you know, in, in control of the tempo. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's part of you not like, 
kind of excited about the fact that we're going to have one of the big boys next, almost I'm, certainly. Yeah, like, big, go on then. Big, big Let's moment. test it. Well, I, th- I think. Imagine if England get through. Imagine yeah. if they beat like a Portugal or a France or a Germany, Marcus. Do it. Do it. Do it. Imagine <laughs> it now. I think I've he imagines doing. it all the time. <laughs> yeah, like, but but that's but that's the point, isn't it, about tournament football? Is that. You, of course, you imagine these things because it's possible. Mm. That's why it doesn't make you an arrogant England fan or any, any of that bollocks, which I don't think most England fans are. No. Actually, it's unhelpful sections of the press. But but you know, the, the, and to back this up, how many times have we heard actually members of the media and the press talking about, oh, what would we prefer? Would we prefer yeah. an easier draw? Do you think they're saying that for the French side? Probably not. Do mm. you think the do you think Mancini's going, oh, lads, maybe we'll finish second because that's not how yeah. they're going about it. England do because they're aware of their limitations and also how it worked out well in Russia um, but you can't go oh, we don't want to finish top of the group and then we'll have to play in a, a foreign yeah. and I don't think Wembley's the four, you know it's not Anfield on a, on a Champions League night or something no. but it's it's less disruptive if you have to move around and, and yeah, all that, and that and that's why what, the way the England fans behaved last night was encouraging there was a lot of positivity because mm. England can turn that England fans can turn that into a really difficult place for England to play yes. which we don't want to see this is a big <laughs> opportunity when's the next time we're going to get um, tournament games at Wembley we just don't know mm. and so it can become a real positive thing for England to be able to play at Wembley. Yeah. Um, I also would like to factor in the idea that there's a few other bits and pieces that need, people need to take into account when they look at the game last night and have ridiculous expectations or just cannot, for their own... No matter how hard they try, cannot even know what they're looking at when they're watching the game. You, you, I appreciate people don't watch as much football as the rest of us because we're doing this for a job. But you don't need to search very far to know that Jordan Henderson got 45 minutes last night mm. as a play since February. Maguire's come in, has been out for six weeks, yeah. was eight, looked okay. Mm-hmm. You know, They had Mount and Chilwell ruled out the morning I mean, of the yeah, game yeah. and Southgate said, yeah. we couldn't go on the training field and work on any of our defensive shape, yeah. which we had to change mm. before the game. Yeah. And they've still kept a clean sheet against mm. a team and an informed striker that have done pretty well. So, Let's be realistic here. Mm. You can't win a tournament here. You can't win it against Czech Republic in the final group game. But you can fucking lose it. Mm, and they yeah. didn't. They won. And they yeah. won pretty well. And the second half, they didn't show much ambition. But no one, surely no one thinks it's because they couldn't have done it. Mm. I, don't, I, I cannot see what, how you would watch the second half of that game and go, England weren't capable of fashioning more chances. If you've, if you, look, either I'm just the most out of touch human being on the planet, or people are talking absolute fucking shit. Look, I agree, I, I agree with you, but we we should talk about some of the personnel as well. And and Jim, I come to you. Mm. I said to you a few times throughout the Premier League season, is Bukayo Saka the man who's going to win the Euros for England? And you, you sort of <laughs> scoffed and scorned that. No, we me. were talking about it a lot, me and Mark, and Jim was fucking talking us down. Jim was doing that. I mean, it was his sixth cap for England and his third man of the match performance. So 50% of the time he plays, he's man of the match for England. So, yeah. Jim, put that question to you again. Have you changed your mind? I believe... <laughs> I believe we were, we all sang about how easy this whole thing's going to be at the top of the show. So I would assume that that might yeah, come on, be clear been, from that. But on a more sort of serious note, you must have loved seeing oh, your man. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. we all loved seeing it, but being an Arsenal fan. Oh, he's, he's like your, your football little brother. Yeah. As, as a as an Arsenal fan, he's just such an adorable man. Yes. And he, he I mean, he had a fantastic display as well. Again, I, I go back to the bromance between him and Grealish, which seems to be like be flowering both on and off, off the pitch. And uh, I mean, a lot of people were a bit surprised that he's included over Jaden Sancho and I felt a little bit sorry for him I think he's perhaps I th- a I, bit overlooked I think I do think that Southgate maybe forgot that Sancho was in the squad and then in the last 10 minutes he turned yeah. and went oh I did pick you oh sorry yeah. oh you oh, alright then last 10 but, but yes yeah, Saka was in there and it was a slight surprise inclusion 
But he, you know, Southgate was was full of praise, rightly so. Called him a slippery eel at one yeah. point. But the thing is with Saka, Jim, he plays on the left or the right. He can be a little bit more defensive as a wing back. Can go forward. Has got pace. Has got a bit of flair. Has got a bit of attacking ability. Nice sort of directness but also has a great functionality about him yeah. as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he carries the ball really well, doesn't he? And mm. he will, you know, if, if you're talking about players raiding, he, he, is, a, he is a fantastic uh, oh. option to have there. He is a raider. He, he really is. And I mean, and Southgate was talking about, you know, different different games present different challenges and, and therefore your lineups reflect that. And he, he is a really, really useful asset if, you know, if you do need to actually mm-hmm. set this agenda as what we've if, been talking about. So England, we, we assume, it, it will play... Well, they, they will play a big side uh, yeah. in, in, in the next round. Is Saka the man to do that? Because again, can offer a little bit of cover sort of tucking in when England needs to, to kind of go to a sort of a five across the midfield, if you like. Mm. It's uh, quite hard to drop him after a display like that, isn't it? It is. But it really is. I, I, I don't... I, I really don't know whether whether well, he'll start again. Foden, Foden missed out because he had a yellow card. Yes. Southgate yes. was very... Being but, but the shuffling of the pack it might have to be done again because I think I'm right in saying that Chilwell and Mount's isolation mm. ends midnight the night before the game. It's a, I think it's so unlikely. They, so they can't train as part of the group till then. I mean, Luke Shaw's he, he had a good performance last mm. night. He was, he was a bit better. Trippier could come in, uh, probably England's best defensive fullback. And people say, oh, well, you can't have a right footer at left at left back. We'll speak to Dennis Irwin about that. Because um, <laughs> uh, uh, Roy Keane would. So Chilwell will be less of a miss. It's a shame for Chilwell having just won the yeah. Champions League and he's obviously a very good player. He's not played a part at all. Yeah, and it's yeah. A, it is a great shame for him, uh, of course. But Mount is the one. Now, if Mount misses out, who then do you go for? Well, it depends who you get in the next round because Portugal are a different side to France, to mm. Hungary, to Germany, uh, of, of course. But, I mean, one player that everybody wanted to see, Luke, was Jack Grealish. Yeah. He obviously set up the goal. There was booze, I hope, in a sort of a more tongue-in-cheek kind of way when he went off. Yeah. But he seemed to have a lovely time. Yeah. And uh, he he's a very, very exciting player. And he's one of these players that you... You, so, for example, my wife's a football enthusiast, right? She likes watching football. She likes mm. watching the games, but she would be the first to say that she's ne- she's never cause she's not got a background of of, of watching any football mm-hmm. regularly. Mm-hmm. She doesn't know that much about it, but she gets instantly yeah. what Jack Grealish is all about because yeah. it's such a universal thing. He's so, so magnetic, he, isn't he? he? He's and a, the touches and he, he's, oh, his yeah. technique is unbelievable. His appreciation of space is unbelievable, and he's one of those players that, despite um, you know the standardising of football and the, the overloading of kind of data and statistics in football, it's very difficult to quantify him. He just feels like a player that when he's got the ball at his feet, something's mm, going to happen. Yeah. And I think he tailed off in the second half. I think he probably, again, I mean, I might be setting myself up for a gigantic fall here with the takes I'm, I'm on today, but if, I feel like he's, he kind of drifted out the game in the second half, but that might be, well be just because... You know, he he felt like he he knew he was going to come off after sixty mm-hmm. minutes because England had already qualified. And I think that's probably what the setup was going to be. Um, so he wasn't as bright in the second half. But in the first half, I kind of echo what I said about Foden on Lions Watch when we came into the tournament. At their best, when when he, someone like him or Foden, I know they're different players, but the quality they've got, it's very hard for people to deal with him. Like Czech Republic, look at and and this is why kind of when we when we we did the show after the Scotland game, I said to you guys. I don't think Scotland want to play against the Grealish. No. I, I think I think if Grealish is there, they don't know what to do because it's very hard to pick him up. It's very hard to know. He's basically playing in a free role. He's popping up all over the mm. place. And um, therefore, it's hard to kind of rein him in. And the work he did down the left-hand side for the goal that um, Sterling eventually scored, it's just absolute quality. I know he got a flick on the cross, but it, he knew exactly what he's doing. He seems to have so much time. The only thing you would say about Grealish is that he, he likes to drift out left. And I know Sterling then filled that space sort of quite well. And obviously Kane can do that too. So again, 
th- this idea that you have to play symmetrically, uh, you know, the, the formation has to be symmetrical and so on, it's not always the case. They don't, yeah, they don't really do that. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, and it depends who you have on the left wing, because Sterling's always going to play a little bit further forward. Uh, that's quite good for, say, Kyle Walker, you would maybe say to one of your central midfielders, just you know, have an eye, you know, play on a more kind of, uh, you know, you're obviously in the centre, but, you know, take one step to the right or, you know, all these these kind of things. But the thing is with Grealish, though, Jim, is it, it, defensively, if you're playing against a better side, which England may well do in the mm. next round, do you then throw him in? Because, th- and that is, a, that is a big question because people will say, ah, oh, but can he play as a, as a unit? Would you actually be better off having sort of, say, Bellingham or Henderson in there as well with, with Rice or Phillips, you know, the three? Or do you say, nah, sod it, you know, let's let's... Well, I think there has to be an element of sod it, doesn't there? See, to some degree, if you're playing against one of these big teams, because you are going to, that lock is harder to pick. And I mean, he's a Swiss army knife, really, isn't he? Like <laughs> yeah. Jack Grealish, he has so much in his game in, in an attacking sense. And, mm-hmm. you know, you've got, you've got a, you've got a score. You have to score against these teams. It's very, very difficult to do so. So I think for me, it's an absolute no brainer, really. But obviously I'm not picking the England team. Mm. But, I, I think the four two three one suits England better. I think so. And I, th- I think if you, if you look at the, how they started the game yesterday, I know they changed it halfway through the second half or whatever. But if you look at the, the setup, it kind of suits the players. You can, you can play Rice and Phillips in there, but mm. if you need a little bit more, Rice is, is a, it's funny, isn't it? Because Rice in the in the in the, in the club, a lot is have expected of him. Yeah, mm. but in the club season mm-hmm. this season, he started to put he started to push forward a lot more. Yeah. But then in the first game, you saw Phillips pushing forward a lot mm. more, yeah. and Bellingham can also do that, right? So you've got three players you can play in those two slots there. Well, now Henderson's that's not allowed, he, he but back? you've got to pick two of them. Yeah. And you've got Henderson, right? So you've got four players in there, all that can fill that role nicely. Grealish is perfect. I know he drifts out wide. But I would probably play Grealish behind Kane, and I would controversial. I know he scored, but I don't think he had a brilliant game last night. I'd probably pick Foden over Sterling on the left, mm. and you've got a picker you choose on the right. Sancho's really comfortable on the right. Saka's comfortable on the right. Exactly. So, I mean, after that performance, yeah, it's, it's, it'd be very harsh on on the kid. It really so, would. So, so to me, it doesn't feel like you've got as many kind of not square pegs and round holes because that's overstating the case but you haven't got as many problems to solve with your selection if you play mm. a four-two-three-one. Yeah, uh, Harry Maguire was a positive though as you mentioned earlier and the way he brought the ball out of defence you can yeah. see that I mean Mings hasn't struck it's a bit harsh on Mings and he did get some minutes last night I think that's why I brought him on Yeah, and, and, and but I think you know Mings is under no illusion Stones and Maguire they started together in the World Cup in Russia. They've started yeah. a lot of games since then. And they are probably, obviously, Gomez has been injured for a long time, but they're probably England's two best centre-halves. So he will sort of understand that. He seems like a, a decent uh, chap. Yeah. But obviously he'll be disappointed. But having Maguire at the back, Jim, was definitely a positive. And getting 90 minutes. Yeah, I mean, he didn't look like a player that was coming back from injury, did he? No. He just slotted in perfectly well. And I kind of forgot about it. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. No, he, to hit, hit, that was a huge positive. Same with Henderson as well, to, to you know, slightly different degree. But yeah, um, I expect that at some point there will be a backs against the wall job where all three of those players are on the pitch as well. So <laughs> keeping Minks yeah. kind of involved in this way is oh, probably absolutely. quite smart. Yeah. I wanted to come into this record today ask I had a question for you guys mm. just based on the thing we were talking about earlier with control. I don't think England are fully in control of their environments yet. And I think that they, you know, against a better team it's going to be tested more than ever, obviously. But did you guys feel like in, in complete difference and, and at complete odds to what it's been like in earlier tournaments... England, do you feel that they're much more comfortable with a one-goal lead than they have been in the past? Yes. Yeah, and, that's, and that's a big plus, and right? Is, and that's kind of what I'm getting at. But this is Southgate has said, you know, we learned a lot from Russia. And I think he was still haunted by the fact that England were 1-0 up against Croatia in that yeah. semi-final. And they didn't really... Well, and they're also absolutely fucking knackered by then. Yeah, and, and, and absolutely. Those two things, I think, that are really at play here. The next game is, is, is huge. Because if England, as you say, Jim, if they go into that game and it's a bit lacklustre and they go out, 
everyone will say, well, bloody hell, you, you, the handbrake was on too much. You should have let them go in the, in the group. So they were a bit sort of buzzing for, the, for that game. But we will simply have to wait and see. We can talk about this, that and the other. We don't know who the opponent is and the game hasn't happened. So we, we, we shall see. Um, Scottish fans that we cover later in the, for their game, we cover that in the show and you're on the show right now because they're thinking... They're doing it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're getting carried away again. But it's what we want, isn't yeah, it? But we're yeah. not really getting carried away. I think actually a lot more England fans are a bit more. Um... I've, I've gone big on them. I am. Have you heard the first half of the show? I've yeah. gone big on them. I'm... I said just before we came in, the Portugal and France cannot draw because then England will have France in the next round, and, and that will well. But I mean, but I've been how, saying for months how, though. But how badly did France deal with a big partisan crowd in Hungary? Yeah. Well, do we want we to get the Hungarians in at Wembley? Well, I'm just saying if they've got let's, nothing else on, let's not do that. <laughs> uh, for a number of reasons but uh, but yes obviously just to, to finish you know that the, the Wembley will have um, a, a good few, fair few thousand more fans in which will obviously be to England's benefit you would think although <laughs> one or two times they got to do what they did last night they do yeah. they do um, and also we have to um, on the Ben Chilwell or Mason Mount stuff I mean it does seem absolutely ridiculous but you know we, we just echo Southgate's yeah. thoughts I think on there so there's not really much else we can we can say although I did quite ro- like Roy Keane's take on it when he said <laughs> a less uh, sympathetic take from when, Roy Keane when he said about Chilwell and Mount because I thought it was quite nice actually seeing them both congratulate Billy Gilmore after the game and, and all that kind of stuff and, and, and Roy Keane said why would you want to speak to an opposition player for 20 minutes I mean, it wasn't 20 minutes but okay it makes no sense I very rarely talk to anyone for more than 5 minutes <laughs> well he did in that car with Michael Richards he did <laughs> and very yeah. much against his own will Yeah. but what I like about him's dynamic with Michael Richards is he's looking at Michael Richards and thinking he is a bit, those arms look very powerful. I'm just going to have to sit and take this. There, there was, there was a, I remember there was an interview with Roy Keane a while back where he talked about how he was asked whether he felt like he genuinely has won the Champions League as a player because mm. of 99 with he the final. Do. And he said no. Yeah. And then it was Gary Neville interviewing him. He said, okay, yeah, but Roy, if you didn't play any games at all apart from the final, <laughs> would you have felt like you won the Champions League? And he went, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like, yeah. What, what's, the, what's the solution? He has to here? play every game. Yeah, <laughs> every minute of every game. Yeah, and bless him for that. Mm. Right then, let's have a quick break. Hi, I'm Danny Welbeck, and you're listening to the Football Ramble. Certainly are, Danny. You certainly are, ladies and gentlemen. Right, it's time for emails. Mm, they're reading out your emails. Yeah, 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 they're reading out your emails. Because mm. they were sent into show at footballramble.com Where all the best banter originates from about Sven. Yeah. So many nice touches in that one. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, the best of David Rossing there. <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> right. Uh, do you want an email? Yeah. yeah well, after that, do you would be a bit of a letdown. Yeah, it would. <laughs> We've got one from D- D- Daniel Braham, like Graham with a B, or it could be Daniel Braham. So apologies to I'd you, I'd go Daniel. Braham. Yeah, probably Braham. Yeah. Probably more likely. Uh, Daniel says, Jules' suggestion of doing draws throughout the stages of tournaments for increased excitement got me thinking, which, as we know, is a dangerous thing to do. So here is a suggestion. A secret draw. Each of the teams who go through the groups get transported, I assume by some sort of UEFA-branded special ops team, to one of the various stadiums across Europe. But here's the kicker. They don't know who they'll be facing until they go out onto the pitch. Maximum drama, admittedly minimal planning. Perhaps I'm imagining a wrestling-type scenario wherein the Belgians are already out on the pitch, then the floodlights go off and the Marseille is kicked in as Killian and co enter the arena. Excitement? Lots of it. Logistical problems? You know it. (laughs) 
So I, I that's, quite, that's Killian Mbappe's music. <laughs> <laughs> I actually quite like that idea. But what do you think, Jules? I thought Jules made a really interesting point yesterday, mm. where she said there's nothing to stop people doing the draw between each round. Yeah, yeah. they do it in the Champions League. Yeah, it works yeah. really well. I think it would personally be a bit better. Same. It's an interesting one, isn't it? You don't get people settling for well, and know, also places yeah. or like mapping out the. Yeah, paths. Pe- people moaning about England thinking, oh, we've got this opposition. You just go, we're going to have to play to our strengths. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I guess the problem would become, the problem is a logistical one, where you wouldn't have enough time yeah. to, to, to ferry everyone around to different mm. places. I know, it's, I know it's not always a pan-European tournament, but if you're doing it in like a Germany, which is quite a big country, yeah. it'd be difficult to manage. I but... mean, they're not going to do this, but we can, like England going through to the quarterfinals of this tournament, we can imagine it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we can. Um, oh dear. Okay, fellas, I've got an email here from Robert Smith. Probably, Robert Smith. Yeah, probably not that one. I oh. don't think it's that one. Um, he emailed yesterday and signed off as a Scottish fan with "fuck it, I'll be optimistic." Easy. <laughs> he then wrote at midnight. This email came in at midnight after yeah. he'd done that. I'd like to rescind my last point from my previous email. <laughs> oh, poor oh. Rob. I would, however, like to thank Steve Clark and the squad for reigniting my love for the Scottish national team. Mm. It's been a long 23 years of some utter shite in there, but these last few months have been amazing. Getting to a tournament, playing three games and going out is better than not making the tournament at all. Bring on Euro 2044. Oh. Um, I, I just thought it was really cool to include that email because we shouldn't lose sight of the fact that, that you know, it's really difficult as, as three English mm-hmm. England fans here to, to, to not sound patronising. But we don't mean to sound patronising. Yeah. It's great that they were there. It's great that they you know, we got to play against them. It's great that they had three mm-hmm. games and all the rest of it, including a couple of games at Hamden, yeah. which yeah. I'm sure they felt w- w- would have hoped they'd gone better. But nevertheless, it's great to have Scotland back. Yeah, It does seem to, to have been a positive experience for, for the camp, doesn't it? Steve Clark's talking about how it won't be, you know, won't be this long before they're back again and there's a lot to learn from it. Now they focus on World yeah. Cup qualification. He, he did, but he... He said, you know, we'll make sure that we're at the next tournament and if not the tournament after that yeah. and if not the tournament after that. I was like, oh, okay, stop there, Steve. Yeah, yeah. Because you, you, you're yeah. going to go past 23 years in a minute. Um, <laughs> but uh, I know what you mean. The, the, the monkey off the back was qualifying for the yeah. tournament. I mean, that, that, that's quite clear. I mean, when, even when they played Serbia in that playoff, you know, Serbia were probably slight favourites for it. So sure. to go through, and obviously they've got 100% uh, a record in penalty shootouts as well. Mm. Uh, one out of one. Um, but I, I, I have to say... I. A lot of people have said it is. It was that Czech Republic game. You know, it was, it yeah. was obviously a poor start, and they were up against it. They showed a lot of fight against England, of course. Uh, but Luke, you said that you just wondered if they they were spent after that England well, performance. And and Clark said that himself that did. maybe they they wasted not wasted sorry wrong word they'd used up a lot of energy. They were beaten three one obviously last night mm. by a team that were able and capable of just taking the game away. From a better them, side, which is always always a danger. But I do think. It, you could kind of see it happening. You mm-hmm. could kind of see that they gave a lot of themselves yeah. against England. They had to do that. There would have been no other way to approach it given yeah. the fan base, given the fact that it's a derby game, given the fact that they've waited so long mm-hmm. to come to a tournament and to play England at one is, a, is an amazing thing for everyone. Um, it's very, very difficult. And Steve Clark, as you said, said the, said the same thing for them to be, able to, to be able to lift it. I did actually think... it was Listen, it was a Modric masterclass last night. I think it looks better for England that this has now happened. Mm-hmm. I think you yeah. can kind of get a little bit more context around how England were able to shackle Croatia in the first game, which could have gone either way. Um, in a, quite a weird atmosphere, going into it with all the knee and all that type of stuff yeah. with the fans. So it makes it look better for England. I don't want to refer it back to England. I want to talk about Scotland. I felt that when they got the goal just before half-time, yeah. I, I just felt like if you can if you can keep this really tight yeah. and you can get to say... I think if you, I think I'm, look, I'm not an expert in Scottish football at all, but I think if you had said to Steve Clark at half time, 
you can get to one or with 15 mm. minutes to go where you take it. I think it'd a bit in your hand yeah. off because then you never know. Then you're in the lap of the gods. You can throw everything mm. into it. But unfortunately, I think they looked a bit leggy in the second half. I think they found it difficult. I think that Modric, as I say, was able to... That, that goal's a heartbreaker. It's a brilliant yeah. goal. It's a fucking heartbreaker. They've had two heartbreaking, brilliant goals against them in this mm-hmm. tournament. And I also think... I don't think it's... Don't think it's strictly accurate to say that Billy Gilmore would have been able to deal with it better and would have been able to to to, to do something different. For I mean, Scotland. that was disruptive, of course. To them. But that's a big blow for them. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's basically he's definitely their best midfield player, mm. right? And and finally, before I hand over to Jim, we well, say that he's only got a few caps. I mean, I know, but he's already the best midfield player. It's a well, fact okay. of the matter, you know. Bukayo Saka's got six caps. He looked the best player on the pitch last <laughs> night. It happens, right? Mm. I was really, really impressed, chiefly with Andy Robertson in front of the whole tournament. I think they've got a good in there. I think given the fact that he's still got a bit of time on his side, that he's still only uh, 27, so he's probably got four or five years left, it'll definitely take him into the next tournament if they go. Yeah, or, or yeah. more. I thought he spoke really well. I thought he led for, by example. I thought he did the really great thing after this, the England mm-hmm. game where he singled out all the players that have been criticised the game yeah. before and gave them praise publicly. Yeah. When he came out the tunnel against Croatia last night, okay, it didn't work out for them. He looked like a man on a fucking mission. Mm. He looked like a proper captain. If you if you go back and watch him coming out the tunnel, the look in his face, he's, yeah, he's got that think, look in I'm, his fo- I'm following that guy. The only, the only thing he said, which a lot of Scottish people said before and after the England game, which didn't really stand up, is when... They felt that some of the English sort of pundits, in particular Rio Ferdinand, were disrespectful to Scotland because Ferdinand said quite confidently, I think England win by two goals. Mm. And they said, you know, it's absolutely ridiculous. They don't rate us. And then in, in the same breath said, but we're underdogs, you know, we're not expected. Yeah. Think, well, those points can't live in harmony. They, 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 you know want, I mean? they want the cake and eat it, but that's that's part of the build up, I think. Mm-hmm. I think you want to kind of get everyone together and you want to say, look, you know, um, we, we, we it's kind of paradoxical because you want to go, We've got the players here to do this, mm. but at the same time, we want to we want everyone to be against us because yeah. it's a bit of a siege mm. mentality. I, I think I think they've um, they, they've also got to take a lot of credit from the fact they've got a young team. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it was um, James McFadden who made the point on the radio last night. He said after World Cup '98, a lot of those players retired. Yeah, it was did. the last dance for them. Oh, and it was yeah. and it was it was well, as I say, a while actually. They were very close to the Euros, of course, and gave England a right old scare in 2000. And then a few um, retired but, after but that the, as but well. But then afterwards, yeah. and then you had the Bertie Votes years, which uh, used to wind Charlie Nicholas up something chronic, you yeah. know. Um, but, but the, the, you know, they did get to the tournament, Jim, and that would hopefully inspire them, of course. It's a very, very difficult task, and it's harder to qualify for the World Cup. Yeah. But uh, would you overall reasonably positive? Yeah, it's a, a tough group as well. People as underrated well. the Czechs, and, and, and obviously they're playing against Croatia, who three years ago were in a World Cup final. For yeah. Out there. But also as well, they, the, Steve Clark has done a brilliant job of integrating both Andy Robertson and Kieran Tierney into yeah. that defence, and that that could be a huge problem if you've got two of you, you know, who you know nominally, nominally assumed to be your best players, essentially in the same position. That's a very difficult thing to get right. But he, with with Tierney going into that back three like that, and the two of them dovetailing, mm-hmm. he's he's made a virtue of it, which is excellent management in, in a situation. The problem is goals, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's such an obvious thing to say. It is, but it's it, you you get the sense like. A Scottish goal is often a, a bit of a collector's item, and yeah. they they need to just get a, either a bit more ruthless or yeah. a, maybe dare I even say a little bit more daring going forward. Well, I don't think, but the people focused. But they created on, chances. Well, this is it. The yeah. people focused on the goals. <laughs> they they scored one goal mm. and got one point. England mm. scored two goals and got seven mm. points. Yeah, I mean, it, it's the goals conceded that was the problem. Now, I understand Schick's goal. You hold your hands up there. I don't think David Marshall was at fault particularly. I think no. that is just an absolute wonder goal. Um, Soonis, uh, at least he's consistent, was was rather angry and said, you know, Modric goal, they could have closed him down. The problem was we talk about the energy and, uh, and whatnot. But, but I think defensively, which is what they... Um, 
you know, that, that, they conceded five. You know, that's the problem, I think. But Sunez is talking from the heart there. Yeah, of Sunez course he knows is. there's not been a football player that's done achieved more mm. as a midfield player in the British history than Graham Sunez. He knows how to play in midfield. He knows what it's like when you come against a quality player. Maybe he doesn't quite appreciate the games, how much the game's moved on, but that's a separate point. He's angry that Scotland have gone mm. out. Mm. You can't... It's, Modric was he had the most touches the mm. most passes no, no, of course. a goal an assist but, I'm, but he, 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 I don't think it's reasonable to say that but I'm saying though that the, the people have focused on the lack of goals for Scotland and I think that that's a little bit harsh because as I say they've only scored one fewer than England no, and England I, have gone through but I think that they, they were unlucky against the Czech Republic they might well have scored and it was great that they did score I think it would have been I think it, I think they would have rather lost three one than two 0 if you see what I mean. They get a goal, of course. Yeah, so, so, and, and, that, yeah, yeah. and that gave it a little bit of a roar, and they'll and they'll remember that. And certainly McGregor will who scored. But you can't forget that Scotland were the poorest team in that group. Yeah, but that, but despite that performance at Wembley, you know they, they are what one of the the lowest ranked sides of course. in that competition. But defensively, that's fine. But that's only half the story, Marcus. The reason that's only half the story is because we all know because we've all seen it. Scotland created quite a lot of chances mm. and no one took them. If they had taken them, they'd still be in the but tournament. But when you say they, they took created a lot of chances, yeah, there was there was maybe, was it Dykes against Czech Republic might have done better. But there's a bit of a... I think that they were what they did against England in terms of attacking was, dare I suggest, not slightly overrated, it was overstated, that actually against England, according to Sky Sports and their stats, which I, whoever they get them from, maybe Opta, forgive me if I've got that wrong, is that in that game... Clear-cut chances, as they defined it. England had three, which I'm guessing Stones, Mount, and maybe Luke Shaw. Maybe slightly generous, maybe two. Um, and Scotland was zero. You think about the efforts at goal Scotland had. That you wouldn't, you know, you think about expected goals and all that kind of stuff. Did they create? They, they, they on a day, on another day, they might have won that game. I appreciate, and they had some good Scotland, efforts. At goal. Scotland's expected goals against Croatia was double Croatia's. <laughs> really? Yeah. And Scotland's and the expected goals conceded from mm-hmm. Scotland against the two Czech Republic goals they conceded and the three Croatian goals mm-hmm. they conceded were all very very low expected goals. Okay, so fair enough then. So that I, I take your point there. I can't argue with that. No, no arguments there. But but again against Croatia, the expected goals. You know, the, there was no sitters. You know, again another yeah. it wasn't quite there and so on. But because Modric is probably That's not expected point. to to just waft that one in the corner. But, that, but he's got that quality. Well, that, exactly. the, Exactly. That's the problem, though, isn't it? That will absolutely just knock the wind out of you. A yeah. goal like that at that, at that stage. Because they have that in their locker. You yeah. saw Perisic's goal against mm. the Czech Republic. And unfortunately for Scotland, you know, we can say it's a great shame they've gone out, and it is. But actually, I can't stress enough, the monkey off the back was getting to that tournament. Yeah. And that's the real, the real plus here. They weren't expected to go through. I understand that they look at Wales and they've gone through. And, and, uh, and, in, and in five years ago, Northern Ireland went through as well. Yeah. But different tournament, different time. And, and, and also Wales do have a couple of players, namely in Bale and, and Ramsey, of, of, of great quality. Um, so it does give Scotland to something to, to, to build so, on, hopefully. So Croatia have got a chance, I think, just turn attention mm. to them quickly. Well, yeah. Of, of, of giving people, given this tournament a bit of a bloody nose because... Mm. They, they obviously, I thought England controlled the game quite well against Croatia. I mm. think it looks better in retrospect, as I've already said. They'll go through and play the runner-up in Spain's group now. Yeah. So if you expect it to go to form, that's going to be what Sweden or Slovakia or something. I can't quite remember, but mm-hmm. it will be. Um, group... well, it could be Poland as well. I mean. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's a winnable game. But either, either... Then, then they go up mm. against the. If it goes to form, they go up against the winner of Group F. Yes. So and then the probably quarters. Belgium or Italy again going on form. It's very difficult to predict. I understand. All I'm saying is we've already beaten. Yeah, we've already beaten once. <laughs> and I'm all for doing it again. <laughs> but I mean, again, when you start going into the whole, which side of the draw would England go and all that kind of stuff, 
you're going to play a big team. Um, I understand playing your way into a tournament, and again, it helped England in Russia. But I think to run away from a game which was at Wembley, when you think, oh, but we don't want to, you know, okay, fine. Yeah. You could play Spain in the next round. Um, I've, I've no, I had no, I had absolutely no fear about England playing Spain. No, yeah. but it'd be, but it's still a strong opponent. But yeah. again, you could play that game, and then it's most likely again the winner of Group F. You would think again on form. We stress that in the quarterfinal, and then Belgium and Italy in, in or Italy in the semi-final again going on form. But I think it's a bit of a fool's errand to try and start mapping this out because England genuinely could be out in second, yeah, round, I, which is why but, it's such a huge game. Because I think if England can get over that hurdle, because England's um, record against big sides in knockout games in tournament history is shit yeah. <laughs> I can't stress that enough really it is poor. piss piss poor yeah. you, go, you go, have to go back to Euro 96 to say penalties against Spain but it wasn't the big Spain side I don't think it was a big side but still 90 you could say Belgium but again arguably that and life, than, they had life and death against Belgium and yeah, Cameroon but other than that you have to you, go back to 66 do, genuinely yeah. and, 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 and I, I mean look I want England to avoid France but I actually am feeling quite positive ahead of them these mm-hmm. teams all playing tonight we're not yep. going to look like tonight mm-hmm. Um, Andy was very critical of Portugal in the game against Germany. He said he thought they were really poor. I mm-hmm. kind of agree with that. Yeah. Germany, they are good. They've shown that they're better than people have saying, and it's ridiculous to kind of say they're not good. It's not a vintage Germany team, though. So I would I would be relatively comfortable playing Germany or Portugal now. Mm. But France, I want us to avoid at all costs. So what, what needs to happen, France, not to draw? France, I think I'm right in saying, although I could be wrong with the way things are going, but yeah. I think if France and Portugal draw and we presume that Germany beat Hungary... Then we get France. Then France would be, okay. that would be second. Um, but of course, you know, with, with, with Spain, as I say, I, I think Spain... Um, I mean, certainly Luis Enrique uh, thinks that they're going to come good um, at some point soon. He described them like a bottle of carva about to be uncorked. As soon as we take that cork out, as soon as we produce a complete performance and get the kind of win that gives us confidence... Our best version will come out. He sort of tailed off there because when he says, <laughs> yeah. "As soon as we're uncorked, we're going to go," and then he says, "As soon as we're uncorked, and we produce a good, a complete performance, and we get the win," it's kind of no. Yeah. yeah. Does that not? Does, does, it's underwhelming. The it is. Not delivery. Uh, yeah. Spain have been, haven't they? It's been. Let's be honest. Boring crab football bullshit. Yeah, it has. Oh, it's, been, it's been. It's been. They're going to knock us out. Look, <laughs> it's a Saturday night. Marcus had tickets to go and see a reformed Oasis, oh. right? That didn't happen. Oh. So he's gone to the pub at the end of the road to watch No Oasis. <laughs> Spain, yeah. tribute act in their 2010 Spain. Yeah. And England, I know England can't play them in the second group now, uh, second um, round now. Could be the court. If, if, it could be. Anyway, this is. If it comes sorry. to that, Marcus, I'm telling you something now. England yeah. can see what, five shots on target mm. the whole game, the whole mm. tournament. If you think Morata mm. is going to score one of them, you're in dream world. Yeah. It's not but, going to happen. But to go back what to you're your... saying, you give him five in a game and he's I'll still going to. I'll give him five. Give <laughs> him five. He did score in the last game, lest we forget. But I mean, yeah, to go back to your uh, Oasis and Oasis analogy, you're, you're absolutely right. But we still have a good old sing song at No Oasis. They look like a ghost of themselves, don't they? It's well, a really Ra- strange thing. Rafael van der Vaart, obviously a uh, former Netherlands uh, international, he describes Spain as horrible and saying all they do is pass from side to side. I'm surprised to hear a, an, horrible. Ex, an ex-Holland international being so opinionated. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's right. And, and and of course, you know, part of the whole fun of all this whole jamboree doing this podcast yeah, yeah, yeah. is that you, know, you say some stuff and people and it comes back to haunt you and stuff. Look, I'm happy to take it on the chin if I get proven wrong. They need to win, though, Luke. Spain look like they have no ability to consistently score goals. But they really need to win. They do, and they're not even through yet. To guarantee their progression, they need to win. And again, a draw opens up the three points, who's got what and all that kind of nonsense. They've got two They've got two draws and they've scored one goal. Yeah. As simple as that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and I, I don't think... Um, 
I don't think. Whereas it's we've got two wins and two goals. Well, it's not beyond the it, well, quite. It's not beyond the realms of possibility that Slovakia could get to use that phrase again. Could give Spain a bloody nose. Mm. Yeah. Well, we shall see later. We shall. We shall see later, everybody. Whatever happens, though, myself, Vision, Jim will be back tomorrow in your ears uh, to pour over uh, who England have got in the next round and uh, and all the other sort of permutations. You talk about those teams as well, though, right? Oh, I think won't just so. talk about England. Uh, Get, give, treat yourself to another easy. We'll give it a little mention. <laughs> <laughs> if you're enjoying uh, the Football Ramble, everybody, do get over to the review sections on Apple or wherever you get your pods uh, and uh, give us five stars because we are five stars. Yeah, with three of us in here at the moment. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, yeah. yeah if, you give us five stars. if you disagree with that, then just lie. It's not that difficult to do. That's the thing. Go, go you've got the phone in your hand anyway, presumably. Yeah, yeah. Find the spot, give it five stars. It means nothing to you. Mm. It means an awful <laughs> lot to us. I think it would be a nice thing to do. Absolutely right. Thank you very much, Luke Moore. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jim Campbell. You're welcome. Thank you, everybody. See you tomorrow. The Football Ramble is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. When England get knocked out, I'm not doing the show now. (laughs) (laughs) After what I've said today.